0: Welcome, everybody, to Unleashing Your Great Work. On this special 10 episode series, we are focused on resilience. What is it? How do we get it? And if we've lost it, how do we get it back? So listen in because we know that great work is so much more dependent on your resilience than it is on your hustle. Welcome, everybody, to this, the final episode of our Holiday Resilience series. Today, I'm really happy to welcome Melissa Monti as our final keynote guest. She is a mindset mentor, speaker, and a podcast host. After 10 years of a downward spiral, she became obsessed with understanding the power of the mind and used what she learned to rebuild her life. Now, through her popular podcast, Mind Love, she helps tens of thousands of people each month give their minds a little love to think, feel, and live well. Mind Love has won multiple awards and is a top mental health podcast in over 70 countries and has been featured on Forbes, Harper's Bazaar, and the New York City Journal.
1: Welcome to the podcast, Melissa. Thanks for having me, Amanda. I'm so honored to be here. Yeah,
0: I'm honored you would be here. And that's a pretty boss bio you got there. (laughs) (laughs) Having a
1: top (laughs) podcast in 70 countries is pretty legit. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where just broadcasting on your own by yourself, you can kind of forget and then you go count your wins and you're like, I think I'm doing pretty good here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You definitely, you definitely are. I love your podcast, which I'm sure we'll talk about more, but I do want to start where we always do, which is this question. Melissa, tell us a little
1: bit about your great work. My great work has been an evolution and really it's been connected to the great work on myself. And that has been leading the journey or really highlighting my path towards how I help others. And it's scratching my own itch first. And so the basis of my great work has been helping people expand their minds and just seeing outside of the bubbles that they've created them for themselves or the bubbles that society has created for themselves and see that there is more and so that can look like finding more finding that true purpose for you that can look like realizing that your thoughts aren't necessarily absolute truth that they're just habits that have been created over time that can be rewired and And so I'm constantly looking inside myself and asking myself, what do I need? And I found that the more vulnerable I am with those things and the more that I share and say, hey, this is what I'm struggling with now, even 12 years into this self-development journey, or this is what I'm working on now, or, you know, I thought I had this all together, but now I'm doing the motherhood transition and I'm getting hit with these imposter syndrome and and this and this and this, and this is how I'm doing it. I've found that that's, really what's connected to so many people because they can see themselves in me. And I've realized that we are all struggling with with such similar things, yet we think that all of our struggles are so unique and that no one's going to understand, but the basis of them are, are very similar. And so really me digging through my own weeds is helping me bring that great work to everyone else.
0: Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. And you mentioned in the bio that it was out of a downward spiral, a 10-year downward spiral that sort of this whole journey began. So were you in a similar place to the one you're describing where you thought, I am the only person who's ever struggled with this and I might as well just, I don't know, give up or whatever it is that you might (laughs) have
1: thought? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. My struggle started, I would say when I was like 12. (laughs) When Uh those just like random bully insults came that penetrated a little too deep that got me to see myself differently than I had before. And suddenly that difference became truth. And I really see this one moment I can remember which locker I was walking by. Oh, my God. Comment that happened that suddenly I was like, oh, who I am is based on how other people see me. And I lived that way for probably 15 years. I think I, I became aware of it about 10 years afterwards. But, uh, but I, I was still, I mean, I still have to remind myself, I still have to, like lately, <laughs> I'll be honest, yesterday, I randomly broke down because I'm like, having these weird body image things in pregnancy that I didn't really have last time for some reason. And now all of a sudden, I'm just like, Oh, I just feel like this. I don't want to go anywhere. And my husband's talking me up and I have to go sit and journal and remind myself all the things that I've learned over the last 10 years. And so I think the reason I bring that up is that I Thought that it was going to be some destination that I got to, that I was going to, you know, solve things. But what I found is it's really more about just having the right tools to pull out when I need them. And so, yes, it started when I was 13. It really, really escalated around age 19 to 24. And then age 25 to 30, I was undoing all of the damage that I had done, done, including a really severe case of bulimia. I ended up having a felony on my record from somebody else's crime. <laughs> I ended up I, I was in horrible relationships had to kind of rebuild my self worth and what I deserved. And, and so yeah, I, I remember at one point thinking, why can't I just press the reset button on this and realizing that I couldn't. And so I had to just start from where I was. And it was this big lesson in acceptance because, you know, there were permanent marks on my record, on my body, in my gut. <laughs> and, and so I still deal with those things. But what I found is that for a long time, I thought that my walls were closing in, that I was losing all of my opportunities and my options. And what I came to realize is that sometimes those limitations, sometimes the things that are taken away are actually just guideposts steering you toward a higher purpose. And so that's what I remind myself every day when something feels like it's taken away or I can't do something or why is the world shutting down or why can't I do this anymore? Why are my speaking gigs canceled in 2020? Well, what is this leading me towards? And that's been really helpful, not in just acceptance, but in trust that there's something greater than what I might see in from my limited perspective at this moment.
0: Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of amazing points in there. And I, there's a couple that immediately came to mind. And one is you mentioned that this happened at around 12 or 13, which of course, since that's when your identity forms, right. You go from just absorbing what people tell you to questioning and forming your identity and releasing parts that you think aren't serving you. And it's also the time when, that, when the other people's perspective, like your peers, become the thing that guide what you're going to do. So it makes sense that at that formative moment, like in that sensitive period, if you got a piece of information, it's like imprinted on your soul, right? It's like a really deep time to think you learn something about yourself. And I know that there's not a person on the planet who didn't learn something about themselves that they wish they didn't believe or know or whatever. And your perspective talking about kind of how you have to go there and heal it and then go there and heal it again. And then as more and more experiences pop up, you just go there and heal it again is, I mean, maybe on the surface, if you're not thinking about it too hard, it feels like this, dang it, like, why can't I just, like you said, reach the destination of healed, but really is such a beautiful reflection of the human experience of just continuing to grow. I love it so much. And now you're a mother, which means you get to heal yourself and take on the burden of trying to navigate the creation of a self in your children. So that's, that's a lot. And so tell me like, what is, what did you learn in the five years of, you said from, I think 25 to 30, you were really unpacking or undoing a lot of the damage What would you say are some of the big things? And obviously you have a a massive podcast where you go on and on about all of them, but what would you say are the biggest realizations
1: that you made that helped you kind of develop this skill set? I think that it's, that I need time with myself in order to find out all of these things. Just like how you kind of (laughs) illustrated that going back in, heal it, coming back out, going back in, heal it. One thing I want to add to that is that Each time is different. It's not just the same thing over and over again. It used to be before I added the layer of introspection. It used to be, oh God, I'm struggling with bulimia again. Oh, I'm binging and purging again. Because I had no idea how to ask myself the questions, how to give myself what I needed. It was just this willpower. I'm not going to do this again. And wondering why I kept falling down that hole. Now, with this added layer of introspection and spending time with myself and getting to know who I actually am, it's like reading a book for the third time. You get different things from it. You it's not just the same messages that hit. Suddenly you'll be like, I don't even remember hearing this paragraph before. Why? And it's because you weren't ready for it. You know, you needed the other context and then once that's padded on you have this foundation of knowledge and then it's one layer deeper. And so I used to think that you know, of course I know myself the best because I spend all of this time with myself. But we all know people and it might even be ourselves where their partner says oh i know her better than she knows herself why is that because from the outside perspective that person's able to see patterns in a different way and so often we're just living our lives on autopilot blindly repeating our patterns and not even really noticing that they're there well it, i liken it to say you meet somebody off tinder i don't know the cool new apps these days and (laughs) me neither (laughs) you can go on 30 dates with somebody that are two and a half hours long and so you'd think you'd know them really well but if you're only going to a movie theater every single time and just watching the show do you get to know them at all no you get to know them over coffee and talking and watching them do things and and so often we're like just sitting in the movie theaters of our own life, just watching the entertainment go by just sort of witnessing, but not reflecting. And so now, what my introspection looks like, and it it takes different forms, depending on my mood, I do meditate every single day. But sometimes it's just, you know, Getting in a blow up fight with my husband and driving to go get a chai latte to make myself feel better and sitting there and asking myself questions like, is the story that I'm replaying in my head about how he's the bad guy and he did this to me actually true? Is there another way to look at it? What was my part in this? Where was I self? You know, just what questions come to mind? I really like the basis of Byron Katie's four questions uh, and it just starts with like is this true? Can I absolutely believe this to be true? Can you turn it around and just reword it? Those are really helpful. Now I've gotten to a place where if I if I give myself that space, I trust that the questions, the right questions are going to come up and then also trusting that I already have the answers inside of me. So, the first like five years of my self development journey were finding all the books, and I did need that. I read so many books, listened to all the books, and it got me to see things in a different way. What I've learned over time is that that wisdom was always inside of me. And maybe I did need all those books to kind of pack in to to give myself more confidence to be able to access that. But so often all we really need is space and that's not what we aren't used to giving ourselves because we have space and all of a sudden we're picking up our phones and we're scrolling through facebook or instagram or TikTok or whatever it is and then we're wondering why we don't come up with any new ideas or why we can't see out of our patterns or or whatever it is and it's like well have you actually even made that intention in your life have you set that intention and then giving yourself the space and so that would be my biggest lesson is We need space and time to get to know ourselves and you need to like practically date yourself. Like, who am I? What do I actually like? And so that was a big stepping stone for me because I hadn't spent any time to figure out what clothes do I feel the best in? What do I like to do? When do I feel pretty outside of anybody else ever seeing me? What what lit me up last? What? brings me down? What would I rather not do? And I realized that half my life, actually, I would go as far as saying 100% of my life was built around everybody else, and not really what was at my core. And so figuring out what my core values were, what my interests, what my aspirations and and what I wanted to leave behind when I'm gone, those things were just huge, because at least then I knew the end of my GPS destination, I might not know the next turn that I'm taking. But I knew the broader view and, and it was something that I was able to follow no matter how many missteps I took over those years, because I could not undo everything at once. And I had a whole lot of bad habits to rewire. But I at least had this glimpse of where I was going. And that was necessary. Yeah, you know, everything you
0: say sort of harkens back to this feeling of like radical self acceptance and radical self trust. Because even in a moment where you're behaving badly, which isn't to say that going to get a chai latte is behaving badly, right? But when you're in your most reactive or when maybe I'll just say from my perspective, when I'm in my most reactive, least empathetic, like most angry, you know, forceful self, there's still and this is definitely something that just builds over time by knowing that with time and space and, and introspection, I can trust me to come back down out of the reactive place that I was in and find my way back to empathy and caring and being able to see myself more clearly. And that was, you know, a long journey of discovery. And it sounds very similar to what you're describing. It's like you're going to still struggle with the same things in different ways. And you're, you're going to be in new situations under different stressors, right? Like when you were talking about dating the guy on Tinder, it's like, you can't just go to the movies. you got to see him online at the grocery store where the checker is really slow. Is he going to turn into a jerk? You need to know that. <laughs> you need to see your the other people under stress and you don't know them. And the same is true of yourself, but we have this tendency the minute we're under stress to dissociate from, you know, seeing ourselves as objectively as, you know, being able to see our patterns and stuff like that. So that's really fascinating. So what were some of the things that you found, obviously introspection, but like, are there, you mentioned meditation, what other skills do you feel like were the first and really powerful tools in in your toolbox to kind of give you that glimpse of where you wanted to go and how you were going to be able to like first army crawl and then like walk and then run in the direction you wanted to go
1: the very first thing for me that was honestly life-changing was yoga but yoga isn't the necessary aspect of it it's that i finally found something that connected me to myself that i could build on and it spawned in every direction of the ways that we need the things that we need in order to be happy and and one of them was seeing my body in a different way kind of feeling it because as i said i struggled with bulimia for over 10 years and it was a pretty severe case you know if i felt fat one day i was contracting in i was like hide my abdomen like i realized all these patterns that i did where i would shrink myself and i mean actually physically trying to force my body to shrink. And then suddenly in yoga, the first place I went that I loved was a place with no mirrors. So many yoga studios have mirrors. I will tell you that I prefer the ones with no mirrors because you have to get in there. You have to feel how your body feels rather than looking and again, judging. And so I had this yoga place with no mirrors and I'm just feeling like I'm in my own element, I'm still getting a workout, I'm feeling these little minute muscles, and how my body is holding me up. That was so powerful for me. Along with, you know, the introspective shavasana at the end. But then in doing that, in immersing myself in something that I loved, all of a sudden, I was surrounded by a community of people who also loved this thing that has was becoming so important to me. And so if it's it could have been a theater class. It could have been a painting class. It could be just like gardening, you know, at the community garden down the street. What is that thing that connects you, uh, that immerses you in your life to where you can't just detach and disassociate? And so for me, that was yoga. And because of my background with an eating disorder, body image issues, that physical form was really, really important. But then now suddenly I'm surrounded by a bunch of other people who have that mindset, you know, the yogi mindset, the, the kind of everyone's on this growth journey, whether they realize it or not, whether they're at the beginning or they're speaking in the front of the class. And, and then I started finding friends from there. And so that was huge for me as well, because so many people find themselves in a position where they want to change their life and they almost see that it's impossible because they're like, but my whole life is built around this. An example recently, I quit drinking last year and my cousin, I kind of inspired her to quit drinking. Only she is a party girl. (laughs) She's older than me, but like she, all of her friends loved to party. You know, they all were cops. And so they clock out and then they want to go and just like release their job, which I understand. But for her making that switch was so much more difficult because she didn't have uh, all the people around all the people around her were kind of sucking her back into her old life. Yeah. And so I'm not saying to cut off everybody that that holds you back, <laughs> but find people that are a little bit further on that path that you want to take or that can support you when you're going in a new direction. Otherwise, you're going to be second guessing yourself as it is. And then the people around you are going to be like, well, why not just have this one drink? It's Friday. Or why not just why do you have to go to yoga tomorrow morning instead of doing this? And instead, you're planning this new you activity. And so that surrounding myself with different people was huge because, like I said, I had built my life around other people and so now i have a new group i have the potential for a new group and i can start that how i want to start it and starting that where I'm going to figure out what I like, what lights me up, and I'm going to invite people to do those things. <laughs> you know, like come get this chai latte with me instead of a drink or like come like let's go do yoga in the park or let's go on a hike rather than like, you know, let's go binge drink at the really cute corner <laughs> restaurant. So so yes, those were the very beginning steps, but I found that whenever I'm growing on my own, I only get so far. It's when I begin to share that with other people. And that might look like just vocalizing it and just saying what I'm doing confidently and, you know, being okay with that regardless of the reaction. Or it might be, you know, looking on Facebook groups and finding the circles of this new thing that I'm into and making connections there and seeing what local is going on and immersing myself in those. And when I do it that way, that's when it really, you can feel the shift so much faster because you're immersing yourself in it rather than just kind of keeping it this idea. Because if it's just this idea, if you're just doing it by yourself and it's just with you, I think for a lot of people, that's a protective mechanism that, you know, they can let go of it without losing too much. But if you really get in there and ask yourself, well, what am I losing staying where I am? Then it, it might show you that the stakes are a little bit higher. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And that's a great,
0: um, talking about, you know, even vocalizing it is a great actual sort of transition to your podcast, which when in this storyline of the five years of undoing and you, how long have you had your podcast? When did you start it? And was it part of the healing process?
1: Yeah, I am still in my healing process. Yeah. And so <laughs> uh, And that's, that's something that I've learned as time went on, like maybe right when I was starting it, maybe I wouldn't have seen it as such that healing journey. But in talking to over 400 people, experts, you know, it's really humbling the things that you don't know, or, or you know, the things that come up and realizing, oh, I still have work to do. And so, I I believe I'll always be on that journey. And I started my podcast at the end of 2017. So it's been almost 5 years now. And at the time, I was working for a startup and I had a good job. I was technically vice president of that startup, but I was miserable. And I did have a really toxic boss and i would say our relationship was kind of toxic as well we met in my party days and so he i was the only like single girl at the company and uh and so we'd party together he'd be like oh i'm doing this and we'd be like doing copious amounts of drugs and then i'd have to be at work in the morning and it was crazy this started like 5 years before that not in 2017 and and so that's how our working relationship started he, it was a startup it ended up evolving into a different company that i also worked for You know, looking back, that particular boss, I I see in a different way than when I left at the time. It was just this toxic boss I've learned over these years to bring everything back to myself. And I see that he was on a similar journey to I was just at a different point. And so he was undoing a lot from his past. So was I. We didn't always understand each other. And sometimes we understood each other really, really well. But either way, it was this clashing relationship. And there was a lot of screaming, which i don't deal well with i 'm not a yeller in those ways and and so i was i I had evolved enough. I was married by that point to somebody that's also on this path with me and so we were we had been helping each other grow for years, and I was not the same person as when I started that company and so that was one of those things where it was like a relationship that kind of felt like a chain to my old self that would trigger these old versions of myself and I remember having a conversation with my husband one day because all of a sudden I snapped at him for no reason because I had just gotten off the phone with my boss. And he was just like, you just got off the phone with we'll call him Tim. Tim, didn't you? And I'm like, yes, I'm sorry. And he's like, you know, you do need to realize this is now affecting us. And and so that was a red flag for me. I needed to make some other decisions. But I, it was way too difficult for me to think about just leaving a job and, and starting over. Like I said, I still have a felony on my record from a stupid mistake that somebody else made that I let myself get wrapped into. Uh, and uh And so I don't like looking for jobs. I have not applied for a job since I was 21. (laughs) I get offered them. Anyways, long story short, I, I knew that I needed to do something different, but I was too afraid to take a big leap. And so what I started to do was going back to all of those questions that I asked myself, what lights me up? What are people coming to me for when I'm giving them advice? What has been my biggest shift? What do I feel confident about? Like all of these questions that got me to see myself in a different way. And a really big exercise that I did that that changed a lot for me was I ended up writing a letter to 11 different people that I knew from different areas of my life. And I asked them, hey, I'm doing this entrepreneurship course. That's how I made it a little bit less vulnerable. And they're challenging me to figure out, to see what other people see in me as my superpower if I had a superpower, what would you say that was? And I got all these responses from people. And I really did start to see myself in a positive light from other people. Rarely, I think so often we're penetrated by these little comments, but not as much by, you know, I got an influx of emails from my old roommate, an old coworker, some, somebody that worked under me at my company, my husband, my mom. And, and I realized that I had these gifts of, teaching people things when i learn something if it connects to something i learned six years before i will connect those things i'll see the broader picture of it and i'm able to explain it in a way that people understand and so that gave me the idea of having a podcast or a blog or a youtube channel and then i asked my questions to see what led me towards the podcast and I realized that I could always get in my head with writing and I would end up procrastinating way too much. Video, I could always find a reason not to put on makeup mm-hmm. and not do the video. <laughs> but you know what? I was pretty expert at talking at that point. Like, <laughs> I was always talking a million miles a minute. And so but then the the big shift was when I started to connect that to my legacy. I I was really getting an idea of what do I want to be long-term? If money's no option, if skills are no option, something that I can build towards. And I pictured myself on stages. And so I asked myself, well, what can I do to practice my speaking ability now with no one else's permission, with no extra money, whatever it is. And that just clearly guided me toward a podcast. And so once I made that decision to start a podcast, it just so happened that my favorite podcast at the time was Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income. Literally three days later, got an email that he was launching his first podcast course. So I considered it a sign and I was just kind of off to the races from there and got really lucky within three months of Launching my podcast, I could tell that it was going to be successful. It had grown a good amount. And so I quit my job and decided to go all in at that point.
0: Wow. How did you know in three months that it would be successful? What did you see? Like, what were the signs?
1: I was, uh, it just grew much faster than uh, the average podcast. And so, And I was getting ideas like once I was actually taking action. I had been studying digital marketing for years. That's what I was doing within this startup. Before I got the job offer for the startup, I was looking at black hat forums on how to launch my own business. I, I knew how to put all these things together. I just was not confident enough in which piece I was going to put in there. And so at first, when I was really first going towards entrepreneurship, years before, I was chasing what I thought would be profitable. Like I would find some exact domain name that had buyer's intent. Example, gifts for teen boys. (laughs) It randomly expired. And my husband and I are like, that's a great domain. It's people clearly looking to spend money. Let's like create a website. We did. We got it to grow. But then I was like, I don't even think I like teen boys, which is funny now because yeah because now I'm going to have two eventually. And now we're already, we still have that domain. We're going (laughs) to revive it. Don't you worry. But Yeah. And so wondering why I just, I really believe that I could not finish something. What I didn't realize is that I was not connecting any of these projects to my values, to my core, to what really lit me up. And once I did that step, that's when everything was different. And so, yeah, after a couple of months, my my podcast had grown, I think at by month two, I was getting about 2000 downloads an episode, which was a good amount. And, uh, and then I started planning my first course and, and I was getting email signups and I was really kind of creating this business and I had a little bit of m- money in savings. So I was like, okay, we'll give m- myself three months because at that, by that point, I knew I couldn't keep the, difference in how i felt when i was working on my side project compared to going back into that job was so stark that i could no longer hold on to that thing but to get me through that three months which people don't talk about very often i was also able to kind of connect to that because i'm like now i know that i'm doing this what can i get from my current position what data can i get what can i practice because this guy has this the uh, money to push towards these tests, you know, and so I was able to test little things that I would eventually use in my business and kind of reignite my spark even for that and end up leaving the company in a more graceful way than I would have if I would have not done that and just been like, I can't handle you anymore. I gotta go. So yeah, that was that was sort of my little tiny leaps out. I like (laughs) it. I I like it.
0: So I like to ask the question, Um, where the joy comes from So, in your great work. So in helping other people by helping yourself and starting the podcast and all of the pieces of it, what is the joy that you get from it? Uh, What's the biggest joy that you get from it?
1: This is something that I'm just sort of realizing new facets to in the last few months. And I think the joy is just understanding my power in the reality that i'm creating and i'm not just it's not even just for my life there was a huge key that unlocked when i had a child and realized oh my god none of these changes are about me anymore everything that i'm doing is modeling for this little guy and my patterns are going to be his default most likely (laughs) so like i need to clear stuff up and so that that highlighted something that I knew, but I didn't know. And and like a visceral level. And from that, it's led to everything else. Every change that I make, even if it's just an inner way of being, like the energy that I'm holding when I'm going and getting said chai latte, I can, I'm at this point where I can see how my energy rubs off on the person that I talk to, how just by like emanating what you are, the way you're choosing to be, the way you're choosing to be in this world gives people around you permission, whether they even realize that it's ha- happening or not. And so I've been in kind of a spiritual place lately around that where, I, where I can just like, I feel like I see something more than I used to see. And that is what motivates me more than just like my own inner peace and happiness. It's like, I'm, I'm not just creating peace for myself. I'm creating peace. And that's the peace that I, carry around that's the love that i carry around that's the joy that's the passion for life that i carry around and show other people what's possible and that makes the stakes higher for my own self growth because my i know that my growth doesn't die with me it's going to be passed on in a very real way with the children i create but it's also going to be left behind in everybody i come in contact with and so to me I, I do feel like regardless of what happens in my business, the greatest work I'll ever do is on myself because it doesn't end there. It's, it's palpable by everyone. And, and that's what it's when people see an embodied version of what you're trying to teach. That's when it becomes real and possible for them. And so that's just what I'm trying to live out now and, and trusting that all the work that I'm doing, all the, Choices that I'm making are having just a greater impact than I ever expected them to. I like it. I love it.
0: So, you've come a long way and you have a lot of success in the podcast that you have right now. But I'm curious, uh, before we wrap up, I just want to know like, when you look forward, some of it's just creating peace, which is amazing. But do you have something on the horizon that has you excited? Some new piece of growth. I mean, obviously, the a baby, that's a new piece of
1: growth. Um, but yeah, in your great work, like what's next for you? So I've spent the last two years really just finding myself in motherhood. And suddenly, in these last three months, I actually did a clearing beliefs exercise that unlocked all of these things for me, which I, I'm really wow. excited about. So I've been refocused on the growth of my business and I'm most excited about the changes to MindLove's premium membership. So Mm -hmm. as of January 1st, I'm offering guided mini courses to help people really integrate the lessons from MindLove into their daily lives. Mm -hmm. Because it's one thing to be inspired by the information, but actually applying it is the life changing part. So I'm partnering with some of my favorite guests of the show to offer mini courses and master classes every month that actually walk them through the powerful concepts like visioning exercises to get Mm -hmm. clarity on what you really want, aligning with abundance, reverse engineering the effects of stress. And so just really actionable and useful mindfulness tools to create your best life. And your audience might be extra excited about this because (laughs) you are featured as the very first guest expert for our January kit, which is a visioning challenge that'll help people understand what they really want, figure out why they want what they want, and Mm -hmm. make sure that it's really coming from the right place. And then getting that inner desire out into the world, uh, actually manifesting it. So I'm I'm really excited about partnering with you on that. And I'm excited about that too. It was really (laughs) fun to do. Yeah. And information for the membership is all at mindlove.com premium. And it's at the lowest rate that it'll ever be right now. So those who join now will get that price locked in for the lifetime.
0: That is nice because I did notice the price and it was low. (laughs) (laughs) So that's great. So mind love premium. Is that really the best way for people if they're like listening to you for the very first
1: time and they would love to get to know you more? Is that the best place for them to start? Well, there's also the podcast and this is a, a ton of free information. I have over 350 episodes out and I'm really excited about the growth of Mind Love too. I'm fortunate that it just keeps growing month after month. Wow. Listeners that do find it tend to stick around. So my listener base is really loyal, which is something that I'm proud of. And mm-hmm. the feedback that I've received from that is that people just love the vulnerability. Uh, there's a lot of influencers out there that are showing their highlight reels and we like to keep it actually real yeah (laughs) we share real life struggles and cover topics that are relatable and there's just so many topics that are considered taboo but actually everyone's going through them and Mm -hmm. so we like to just dive right into those um and i'm also launching a podcast growth course for people that have their own podcast that'll be launched in january as well to help people achieve the success that i had with my show of growing it from zero to a million downloads the first year alone with wow influencer audience to start so there's a lot of exciting things in the works but those are the three projects that i'm most excited about working on right now
0: wow yes over and above the baby <laughs> This is a big oh yeah, that's just growing. It's kind of the passive income strategy, you know. Passive <laughs> income. Yeah, you really have to invest for a long time before that one turns around. For yeah. You. Well, you know, it's funny because you mentioned how much people love the vulnerability that you share on Mind Love, and I have to, I, first of all, have to agree because I listen to Mind Love and I love it, and I feel like they got such a great initial taste of that even on this episode, and I want to thank you so much for bringing that vulnerability here. It was a really great conversation for being part, being our keynote guest on our Resilience series. Uh, My podcast just hit 50 episodes, the the episode before this one. So I am just so excited to be able to celebrate with you. And thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Hey, if you're enjoying this
0: podcast, you've got to check out The Great Work Community. The Great Work Community is where change-making entrepreneurs make drama-free progress together. Come on over for a co-working, accountability, coaching, and just-in-time courses. Check out the Great Work community. The link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Unleashing Your Great Work. I hope you are feeling inspired to recharge. If you'd like to turn resilience into legacy, grab a copy of my book, Great Work. Do what matters most without sacrificing everything else. You can get it wherever you get books.